What's up, meeples? On today's show, we have our very first requested topical discussion by you, the listeners. We give you our opinions and our experiences on Tabletop Simulator. Along with all the usual weekly news, Kickstarter campaigns, and event information, this is the podcast with Crawley Gaming Community. What's up guys, my name is Jason. And my name's Ian. And we are two game club organisers shooting the breeze about tabletop gaming. So pop the cat along, grab a brew, and let's get on with today's episode. And we're going to start this week's episode by talking about the games that may have graced our welcome mats, tortured our bank accounts, followed by what games we played this week, and then we'll be moving on to our main feature. So, Ian, have you had anything interesting turn up this week, or have you just been ordering stuff again? Um, Well, considering... Um, I had my birthday recently. I decided uh, to go have a wander around town, and TK Maxx, as we mentioned before, has started to get its Christmas run, which means it started to get board games in. And I purchased two games from them. One being one I can mention, which is um, Timeline Science Museum. Thoroughly impressed with that. It was about half the price of the normal Timeline games. Really impressed. I also put, bought a party game which um, I can't actually put the name of on here because it involves swear words, but it is Bleep Happens. Opened it, I'm not... I thought it was going to be more like Cards Against Humanity sort of style. Not quite so impressed with that one, but as the game suggests, Bleep Happens. But as I've said before, it's worth checking places like them and the works. Um, TK Maxx also tempted me. They had individual ships for X-Wing 2.0 in there, but only the X-Wings and the TIE Fighters similar to the base game ones but only a couple of quid off but it's still for some people that might help yeah without a doubt um so yeah if you're an x-wing player check out your tk max right now i've not really spent much this week um i have had something turn up and i was very very pleased it turns up it's another marvel crisis protocol pack uh, which is angela and enchantress now i'm loving this pack because one the sculpts are amazing but um Literally the day after I ordered this and had the dispatch uh, notification that it was on its way, Atomic Mass Games actually put out a post on their Facebook group apologising to basically everywhere that isn't the UK. And they were apologising because it turns out that this pack is not actually due for release until Q1 January, February of 2021 and that it has been released by mistake. So, uh... People like me are loving the fact that we have something that's... We've got the forbidden fruit from the game at the moment. So other things to kill our bank accounts is with the 22nd of September rolling past, today has been officially this year's Kickstarter day. It has indeed. I mean, what an amount of amazing Kickstarter and we'll we'll say just crowdfunding in general today. Yep. You've had the massive announcements of... Hero Quest returning and going to a pledge style funding on Hasbro's own website. Other games that have gone onto the old Kickstarter front this week, and there are a couple that we have succumbed to and backed. It was well published that Dinosaur Island franchise was going to be releasing two new games. I personally have backed one of those games. And I'm incredibly tempted with the same one. Yep, so I have backed Dinosaur World. And I am incredibly tempted with that as well. Um, I'm just going to have a little think, as I know Jason's got a copy, so there's no rush for both of us to buy it, but it's probably likely to happen. (laughs) But it does help in times like these when we may have to quarantine the games because we still have a playable copy. (laughs) This is very, very true indeed. So, what have you backed? So... We've heard me harp on about it before on here. I love the co-op game Setter Watch. And I had on my horizon, they announced they were doing some expansions. I must admit, this was one of the typical bog-standard Ian cases of shut up and take my money. I saw it go live. I literally looked at the words, two expansions, and I pledged. I was the 26th backer. Um, I think it was within about 10 minutes. And the game's already now in about... Four or five hours later at 1,633 backers. Nice. So Another big one to go live on Kickstarter today that neither of us have actually backed as of yet 
Whether that will still be the same by the time we finish recording this podcast is another question entirely. But another one that's been getting a lot of popularity on the old board game forums is Hogs of War. And Hogs of War is a miniatures tabletop game uh, for one to four players. And this is why I say it's potential that it won't remain unbacked by at least one of us for the remainder of this podcast because it has a co-op mode included and we both love our co-op games as well as a solo mode, but the main game is uh, player versus player. It looks like it comes with some incredibly cool cartoonized pig miniatures. Yeah, it's really highlighting the PlayStation 1 game that it's based off of. Um, there's a lot of nostalgia around that. Um, I'm not that particularly familiar with the actual franchise itself, um, so it'd be interesting to talk to a few people that are to see um, how much they feel it really captures the spirit of the game. Another one that's caught my attention. This is the third um, board game that's managed to obtain this license, and fairly recently too. But Pendragon Game Studio have managed to get the right, the full rights from Universal for the 1982 movie The Thing. Awesome stuff. But yeah, this is yet another semi-co-op game where people become traitors as they go through uh it's got some lovely miniatures with it it's tempting me it's quite a pricey one at 73 quid i think it is but i'm gonna have a do some research on this and see what i think of this and make the decision of whether it would be something that i think i could afford and interested to back expect that announcement on next week's episode (laughs) so yeah amongst all of the other kickstarters that have gone live today they're just some that have really stood out to us and more than likely will be backed by us one or another or or both we don't really know we don't have a problem honest not addicts at all we're going to move on now to uh, the games that we played this week Um, there's been a fair few games that we have managed to play this week so uh, Ian I'll let you start what uh, what was your first game so I was lucky enough with a few of my friends over the weekend to do our own little personal mini um, game four player game of magic using the pre-release kits nice so I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, so we made a little mini um, deck out of the six boosters we had each and just had a little laugh with that, which was good fun. Nice, yeah. I know you don't uh, tend to play a lot of Magic, but with the pre-release stuff, it's always good fun, isn't it? Yeah, it's also nice to actually play with real cards. I watch a lot of YouTubers um, playing online, so I probably know more ma- more about Magic at the moment than I possibly do about the current state of Pokemon. But Wow. Um, I, I literally think half the world just imploded. But I've got found some content creators that I really gel with, so that that one's been interesting, and it was quite funny to outnerd other the, the people that I was sitting playing with that genuinely knew normally know more about magic than I did, but <laughs> I knew more about the current set than they did. Um, I recently had the opportunity to be invited over to a good friend of mine uh, who happens to be a co-host on the Board Stupid uh, podcast, and we actually had a game of the terrifying, soul destroying nemesis it's my first play of that game and oh my god what a game an amazing cooperative game that just doesn't want you to win i've played some co-op games which don't want you to win but this one's like it's relentless it doesn't stop there's just aliens spawning everywhere it is essentially alien the board game without the ip it's now made me really want to play the new standalone expansion so if i can find someone that's got that my god am i gonna play it i cannot wait to play that game again and just get my ass handed to me once again. And with my recent purchases, um, I've also had a quick go at um, Timeline, um, my science museum one. I've played quite a few of the Timeline games. They're always good fun. I'm rubbish at history anyway, so it's always in good to embarrass myself at where I think things were made and what order and then get them wrong by like hundreds of years instead of like a few, um, <laughs> which is always really good fun. But it's, again, it, something me and Jason like quite a lot is another really quick, small, fun game. Just to to round out this section nicely, um, we managed to play a couple of games on Tabletop Simulator last night uh, on our Monday night event. And the game that I really got into on that one was actually the new Marvel Villainous. Now, I'm a huge fan of the original Disney Villainous. I have every expansion for it. I get it to the table literally whenever I can. This was my first playthrough of Marvel Villainous, and it's very different. It's the same game, but very different. It's very hard to try and explain this, and I want to get a few more plays under my belt before I really make a judgment call on whether I actually like the game or not. It was a learning curve because it is very different to have a central deck as opposed to essentially everything going on in your own little game space. 
One thing I will say about this game is it did seemingly introduce a semi-co-op aspect to it, um, which was very strange. I don't know if it's meant to do that. However, the game was played that way amongst the four of us that were playing. So, yep, Marvel Villainous got my first play of that. Nothing really to report at the moment, but I will be playing more of it in the coming weeks and hopefully we'll have a comparison. I am going to try and get Ian to play both the original because he hasn't as of yet and the new version and we might even do a full episode on as a comparison very similar to um, the Death Eaters Rising one that we did. That's the games we played this week and that particular game segues us nicely into our main topical discussion of this week. So this week we've been, we, we asked a few people what would you like to hear and a couple of people have been asking um, what do we think on, of the online board game scene but specifically, like our main use use of one is um, Tabletop Simulator. So we've decided to have a review of Tabletop Simulator. Not so sure we'll go down the full review route of this because there's so much to Tabletop Simulator that even we don't know about. But we'll cover what we've used so far and... Um, what we like and what we dislike, basically. Yeah, and what we know that can be done with it and the uses that can be done with that. So, I mean, the first first and foremost thing with what is Tabletop Simulator, for those of you that don't know, it is a PC-based game. It is essentially, it's a, it's a physics-based engine in which ta- is designed to play tabletop games. So board games, card games, role-play games, miniature war games even, all designed to be played on the PC over distance. So the basic contents of the game is you have a 3d table um that can vary there's plenty of designs on there from poker tables to board game tables to bog standard dining room tables and people have either made their own or companies have officially made their own expansions for it of um copies of their board games on these formats indeed yeah so you've got the official versions on there and some of the official games that are on there are actually really good really well-known games the one that definitely stands out to me and i know it's an official one that you actually have is zombicide yeah and there are pros and cons to that which i'll come back to when we go into that sort that section um but there is about 40 official paid for download content games on there the actual program itself is a one-off fee um, otherwise, it's once you've paid that, there's no... Unless you want the official download content games, there are thousands of free workshop versions of games on there to use. Or they're like, you know, in comparison to Tabletop Simulator, there are other online platforms. We haven't used any yet, so we don't know a lot about those. Some require subscription services rather than a one-off payment. Can be web-based rather than an official game off of Steam like tabletop simulator is yeah indeed and i think one of the benefits that all of these actually have is you don't necessarily have to own the physical game although we actively support that people do support the original game manufacturers by purchasing the physical games but i mean one of the things that's great about things like tabletop simulator is if someone or even a developer has uploaded a game to the workshop for people to play and try that's the point is you can try before you buy and everyone loves that in in life who who doesn't love a try before you buy one of the reasons we've segued into this as well is um we were talking about the kickstarters earlier a lot of uh, you know early access games or kickstarters are trying to use things like tabletop simulator to try before you buy both of us have said this in the past episodes. Um, we wouldn't have backed Bristol 1350 if it wasn't for the option to try it online. It's definitely not the sort of game that would have attracted my eye to start with, but I absolutely enjoyed playing it to the point where it was straight onto the Kickstarter and backing my own personal copy. Yeah, I don't think we actually finished the game before we'd both backed that yeah. on Kickstarter, to be fair. And we, um, were, and we were looking just at Hogs of War. You know, that has mentioned on their their kickstarter page that it had uh, i saw the tabletop simulator logo on it so they have an option to try online so i can shortly see us trying that as well you know to see if it is something that would interest us i have a feeling that we will be talking about that in the uh, games we played this week on next week's episode I, I have a feeling we're going to be playing that this week probably could even be tomorrow maybe the day after but i'm sure we're going to play it sometime soon 
Um, another one that's actually available uh, to play online at the moment and to try is actually Dinosaur World. That is available not on Tabletop Simulator, but it is available on Tabletopia. So that could be another one that we may well try. All right, we've already I've already bought it, but you know <laughs> that might solve my issues of whether I want to buy it or not. Another perfect example is again another game that I've talked a lot about and I'm very excited about and by now the official Western announcements happened. Is that is how I got to try and learn how to play um, the Digimon card game? You know, with only access to Japanese cards or paper proxies, and in a world where we couldn't actually play against real people for quite some time, having an online platform to unify people and play with these proxies you know in an easy fashion i've shown several people how to play the game yourself included um jason you know that just on an easy thing you know just pick up the starter decks all pre-programmed all pre-coded shuffle deal and off we go indeed yeah whoever coded that game especially has done a fantastic job and this is one of the the things you know that is an unofficial upload uh to tabletop simulator and and that's the difference that could be a both a positive and a negative about tabletop simulator you know if you find a really good coded version of a game it makes the gameplay so much better so much smoother so much easier to learn not so easy if someone hasn't managed to finish their coding or hasn't had automatic setups to games etc etc i mean the easiest way to imagine it is imagine going to one of your favorite board games especially a really big one that takes you like 10 20 minutes to set up and with the click of a button, you can have it out the box on your table, you know, already there. I think that's every board gamers, especially Heaven or War Gamers, exactly the same. Is that what do I fancy taking on my my army today? You know, I've I've played old Warhammer Fantasy on there, and played one of my old armies that I used to play in person with near on two hundred miniatures, and just to go click click click, bang, it's all out on the table, yeah. and yeah. Amazing. And another shout out, another um, example of this being used for campaigns and early access was um, Pugs in Mugs. Again, I can't deny it. It's probably not a game I'd have picked up without TTS, but I got to play it. I got to try it. I got to even talk. We were lucky enough to talk to the people behind the game, you know. Indeed, yeah, that was that was great fun to actually be invited on to play one of their live streams, which uh, if you didn't manage to catch that little plug, it is on our YouTube channel. Shameless plug. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah tabletop simulator really does have so many positives going for it and you know we're referring to this as tabletop simulator but we are also referring to all of the other digital versions out there we may well do a, f- a future episode once we've had a chance to really try them out but right now our main experience of digital board gaming is tabletop simulator yeah we're sort of in a weird point where we're sort of discussing the mid rim between online game you know online board gaming in general but using the platform we're used to which happens to be tabletop simulator so another i mean another positive that we can really think about and i think we can really assimilate to and you know with the announcement a few weeks ago that we are working on our own board games this is something that we are going to be bearing in mind and really trying to learn the coding aspects i think of tabletop simulator because when we have a, a game that we need to play test We've got the ultimate playtesting platform, which can go out to the world at the click of a button. Exactly. Again, using Pugs in Mugs as an example, they've got all of their artwork uploaded. They got their cards ready, a few buttons to click to get your decks ready, and all you and away you go. You know, tables already set up, and having that as available to everyone, and how easy it is to go right. I've got a friend in America. They want to try it. Off you go. You know, in, whereas. You know, the current system would have to be print out a copy, make, you know, cut out your own cards and all sorts, you know, use old card stock of other games, make your own play version and then mail it to different places and ask them to mail it on to the next, which we've actually had the pleasure of, of doing uh, um, when we had one of the Pound Hill Gamer sessions. There's a game a while back before lockdown that we got a playtest copy of and then had to mail for- on forwards. It wasn't a game that I particularly interested me, but it was nice to be part of something and um, it wasn't a bad game. Obviously, there's quite a lot of positives uh, to the whole tabletop system, but are there any negatives? Yes. One of the biggest negatives I have is um, a lot of the content, especially for Tabletop Simulator, a lot of the content is main games done by fans. You know, good example, like my Digimon game that I've mentioned, it was the fans' proxies so that we could play it in English. And then you're at the... When you're trying to sift through the Steam Workshop to find your games, 
sometimes you can type in one game you know let's say downforce from the other week and there'll be about five or six different copies of it on there and people will have made you know some people have made it so it's nicely coded and you've got this perfect game in front of you other people literally have just uploaded all the pieces and you've got to manually set it up and when you're using the systems in place by the um, tabletop simulators program you know manually picking up and moving pieces and trying to work out what to take out the box it's not as easy as being in real life and just picking things up and it being obvious how to do it you've got to work out which button to press how to pick it yeah definitely one of the the games that i play fairly regularly on tabletop simulator especially at the moment is uh is marvel legendary and i mean that game has an incredible setup time in person to then have to do all of that manually on tabletop simulator is hell another thing i noticed on the same sort of stance is decks of cards when trying to pick up and move individual cards piles of cards or draw from a deck the amount of time i see people go to draw from a deck not quite click and drag properly and they pick up the entire deck and i've even seen it once where someone managed to put an entire deck of cards into their hand yeah and that sort of moves on nicely to be honest to one of the negatives i find with tabletop simulator and i was once one of these people and that is if you've not used anything like that before and even if you're not a well-versed pc gamer it can be really daunting to come into that game and have to try and learn all of the different things all of the different shortcuts all of the you know like like you use the cards example there when you're drawing a card it's a quick click and drag to draw a card or click and hold for half a second to pick up the entire deck so there is a very small margin of error there and although it's it's not world ending but it's just a little pain in the backside sometimes it's the balance of quality of life for the experienced gamers versus learning things of the newer ones you know once you know how to use it you wouldn't want it not to be there but in trying to learn how to use it you struggle and battle with the system um, it also caters for everything. It caters for role-playing, it caters for war games, board games, card games. Because of this, there's a lot of functions on there that each game doesn't need to use. So you may have to wade through. There's loads of functions that me and Jason have no clue what they do. But we've learned what games we like and how to use each one. Yeah, and it's good that we've managed to learn that. And it does help when you've got a pretty experienced player that knows how to use Tabletop Simulator, especially if you are teaching, either teaching someone to use Tabletop Simulator for the first time. Um, A good friend of ours, Ed, came on the podcast. He recently introduced his parents to Tabletop Simulator because obviously Ed lives in the Netherlands. His parents actually still live here in the UK. They're sensible. They're sensible, yeah. yeah, They they didn't run away. (laughs) Um, he's introduced them to Tabletop Simulator and I, I just remember him saying, you know, that they they did find it quite difficult, but luckily because Ed had got to know the game, he found it very easy to teach them. And once you've learned Tabletop Simulator, learning the games, it's, it's, it's easy. So something else I wanted to come back to is the paid for content versus the free content. Good example is I bought Zombicide. I have harped on about it loads of times. I love that game. Um, I was hoping that the official content would have included either the Kickstarter content or the expansions or had the option to do so. Bear in mind, you can buy it. Well, buy. You can upload the free fan-made versions of Zombicide off of the um, workshop, which is the unofficial bit where people make mods to games and stuff like that. So I obviously have both sets. Um... The paid-for content for Zombicide is amazing. It's well-coded, it's pretty, the artwork on it's amazing. It's all set up for like the modern version of Zombicide as well, but it only contains the base game content. No extras, no Kickstarters, no expansions, no nothing, which was a bit disappointing for something I've actually paid for. But then you've got this better version of a game. So to go to the free content that's got everything but requires a lot more input to set up and play is also frustrating. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I do actually have a question about the uh, the paid-for content because unlike Ian, I have never actually paid for uh, the official content on, on Tabletop Simulator. If you own one of the uh, official downloads and you want to play with people that do not own that, do they also have to go out and buy 
the official content. For example, we know Zombie Side is seven ninety nine. Yeah. Would that mean if you had a four player game, for example, that it would actually be seven ninety nine times four? No, they're not quite that cruel. Um, it's just a host that needs to own the copies of the games. Um, and I was lucky enough to buy it on the Steam sales, which are fairly regular. So if you do want any of the official games, you know, I know I'm another popular one that's on there is Wingspan, but those 40 games are very popular games. Make sure you keep an eye for the Steam sales. They're regular. Same with Tabletop at Simulator itself. Uh, I think the normal price for that is about £15. We've None of us have paid over like half of that. Yeah, it, it's... Pretty much every few months, especially at the moment uh, with what's going on in the world, the the sale of Tabletop Simulator seems to be on every, probably once a month. It may only be for a day, maybe for a weekend, but if you wait for the average, you know, your normal Steam sales, which last a month, it's usually in there. If there's a group of you that also want to buy it, they also have a group pack, which saves you even more. Yep. One thing to note about that group pack, if you already own the game, you cannot buy the group pack. Um, we tried to do this for the clubs at one point, and because you know, obviously the codes you get when buying a four pack allow you to dish out the codes to other people, we weren't able to do that because we both had a copy of the game already, and they wouldn't let us buy the back the pack to keep like copies in reserve for club members later on down the line. Yeah, it's a bit of a shame, really, um, especially as you know Steam comes with the gift option. Yeah, I think it was to stop people abusing the system. I think so. Yes. But um, yeah, other things to note with Tabletop Simulator. Again, we've stressed enough. We have barely touched the surface with what we know. We stick to the um, workshop stuff throughout with the games we like. Literally, Steam Workshop is a case of you you know, it's all split into lovely categories. It's about 30, 40 categories down there to pick from. And people have tagged all the games within each of those categories. Search in the hot bar for what you're looking for. And odds on you'll find a game in there to do with it. I think our only game that we haven't managed to find recently and again it's because it's a recent expansion anyway is we haven't found the latest dinogenics expansion yet but i'm pretty sure it'd be on there soon if it's not on there now yeah i cannot wait for that one to be on there um especially with the with the potential news that the uk could be going back into a second lockdown or we could be going into even tighter restrictions stopping us from essentially gaming again you know i'm really hoping that that comes on there because that's again everyone really is wanting to play at the moment and we just obviously we only have two copies if we are running a events and one of those copies is used it then goes into a quarantine so you know we we can't be playing it as regularly as we were before so that'll be a really good one if that comes out onto tts soon i can see that becoming one of our most played mods yep other features that might interest people again because we won't cover them in high depth there are in creating the games when you host the game you get the all the options across the top to add things to your current games tends to be when me and jason get bored or we just want to be irritating we start spamming in there are tokens for things like skeletons dragons sea creatures that's always been a good fun one to just and randomly add in you can change the backgrounds on the tables you're sitting in that can get dangerous um you can add music to play in the background which could be uh, comedic if you decide to add certain music a lot of the um more recent mods for this game there is an ipad option available so you can actually get live rule updates from websites there's streaming functions available it's really easy to stream and the ultimate button that everyone hates me for and jason has actually disabled on his copy there's a flip the table button so you can rage quit when all else when all else fails it's a house rule for me that that button is always disabled uh, unless we're playing Monopoly, at which point it's totally understandable that that button would be enabled. And pressed every two minutes. <laughs> yeah, the flip the table button is, it's hilarious the first few times you do it, but, you know, if you're the host of a game, it becomes a real pain you know, to have to keep refreshing the table, resetting things up. There is a rewind button as well. It only does so much, but obviously a one press flip the table button, it can undo that quite easy. Um, there's also achievements for like for all games on Steam. There are achievements, one of which is to flip the table. There's actually a flip the table a hundred times as well, which I'm pretty sure Ian's probably got that about seven thousand four hundred and seventy nine times. So the far. hardest achievement to earn was not flip the table for at least an hour's players individual <laughs> play run. So yeah, any of those uh, achievement hunters out there, there, there's achievements to be had on Tabletop Simulator. Would you believe it? And the last function I want to come to is something we definitely haven't used, but it'd be interesting to see if we can find anyone who has. There's also a VR function for Tabletop Simulator, which must be quite cool to do, but I can't imagine it's easy to use. 
No, just knowing how Tabletop Simulator can sometimes be pretty tricky and like installing a VR function in there as well. I just imagine that's a disaster waiting to happen, especially for me. Uh, I'm not a big VR person anyway, but yeah, that, that would be something I would actually try. Yep. Especially especially if I'm not able to play physical games. As I said, this sort of review seems to be us just breaking the ice. There seems to be... We have a whole iceberg underneath of what Tabletop Simulator, just in this one choice, has to offer. That's without touching the other online gaming options that are out there. There are official versions of board games coming out. Uh, one that keeps piquing my interest and now has been announced this week for a switch release even is charterstone my legacy game that i've mentioned before and i love to play and lots of board games are becoming the norm for video game scene so it's interesting to watch it all cross over but i know me and jason have talked briefly before tonight that we do want to start trying a couple of the other online board gaming programs and we will probably compare them all at some point um, i think it's going to take a lot to take us off of tabletop simulator because we've come accustomed and climatized towards it but again, it'll be interesting to see. And again, ones that require a subscription service instead of a paid for physical game will be an interesting to do. We want to do that or not. And how many of us need to do it to play a game. These are all be stuff that we may be forced to do. Again, we're in a very funny world at the moment. And um, the it's UK... ever changing. Yeah. And the UK doesn't seem to want to help on that front. But yeah, crazy times. And we've done well so far. As I said, uh, we all jumped on this bandwagon back in March when we had to. And, it, you know, one of the big draws for me always will be Tabletop Simulator has kept us all together. It has. And it's even managed to drag in a few extra people into the community. You know, we've talked about it in the past uh, when he was on the episode. But Ed... He lives in the Netherlands. He's He is a part of our community, but... We see him once or twice a year if we're lucky otherwise. Now we have a way at the click of a button to just say, right, we can organise a group meet-up online, even if we're back up and running. You know, when we're back up with all the gaming groups, he won't be forgotten now. You know, we can say, well, we're all free on such and such date. Yeah. Do half of our gamers from Crawley Gaming Community from in, life, you know, in real life want to meet up online and we enjoy a few people that can't make it? Well, I mean, it's something that me and Ian have talked about as well, is once the clubs are up and running, although we run three clubs three clubs a week, there's there's still some spare evenings there. And although we like our own our own time as well and we do other things, we have considered actually maintaining a digital gaming evening. Yeah. So it, it you know it it would have to be worked out so that we were available to do it. It would have to be worked out that our you know our personal lives aren't uh, completely destroyed, but it's something that we would like to do and it's not something I thought I would ever say because I wasn't really a huge fan when when we were forced to move over to digital, but I I I'm I'm a convert. Yep. And again, it, it just means like all you listeners out there, if you can't get to us in person, we have another medium if you ever want to try games or play games or come and have a chat with us. You know, I've seen lots of streamers now playing board games online, something we've talked about. You won't need like cameras and stuff to, you know, trying to set up an actual stream for a proper IRL board game is immensely expensive and complicated. Yeah. You know, with getting lighting in so people can see. Having the cameras in the right place where it can clearly pick things up. Whereas like with Tabletop Simulator and a Twitch stream, you as long as you can still see Twitch chat, you've got what you, they see, what you can see on the screen. And if people want to know what particular things are, you can just zoom in and, you know, zoom in and out and keep an eye on the chat and talk to people. And if necessary, if people are in the game, you, you jump on a server like Discord and have a laugh. It definitely Matt, goes hand in hand uh, with Discord, I think. Although uh, Tabletop Simulator does have its built-in um, chat stream uh, where you can text chat. I yep. believe it's got a voice function as well. Yeah. Um. I'll be honest, I've never used it because every time we've been on there, we've also been on Discord. So. Yeah. Another good example is is not Tabletop Simulator this time around, but a website called Roll20, which is for the Dungeons & Dragons, is um, Malekith, Malekith Scardi from a few weeks ago. He has actually um, Twitch streamed our D&D sessions a couple of times and people have enjoyed seeing what the DM sees and how a DM does it. While you've got me and my friends all being idiots in the background having a laugh and it was it was good fun for us and it's good fun for them. So yeah, digital gaming, it, it has a lot of positives going for it. There are obviously, as with everything, there are some negatives, but I think overall it is a positive experience. Just get over those initial learning curves, I think. 
And once you've done that, it's just, it's so, it don't try and jump in and try and play a complex game straight away. You know, one of the first games I think we played on it was Downforce. Yeah. Nice, simple game. Learn the mechanics of that. That's essentially just moving stuff around. There is one other thing I'd like to say is don't let this replace in-life board gaming. This doesn't have, you know, one thing we've said as a big negative, this does not have the same feel as picking up pieces of a board game, having stuff easily in your hand, easy to see at all times. This for us will never replace in-person board gaming. There's not a chance. And I think that was some of like your Jason's response to the start of all of this is finding it difficult to adjust to online gaming. But when we didn't have a choice... It was needs must. Yeah. Now it's an option. You know, it, we, like a good example, as we said, we can't play a game with Ed without online gaming until he's here in person. But it's not going to replace the fact of sitting there with him when he's here with the atmosphere around us and a physical board game in front of us. And also these games need supporting. You know, we've mentioned a lot of times that a lot of this is through fan-based stuff on, you know, off, off of the workshop that's always evolving and always changing. But the actual games themselves won't be made unless you support them in real, in real life. Yep, completely agree and couldn't say it better myself. I think in summary, we could both say we both like Tabletop Simulator. It is a great addition to our gaming arsenal, but the furthest thing possible from a replacement. Yeah, and it's also helped in the try-before-you-buy aspect of gaming. When you've got a couple of hundred-pound board game that you see on the shelf, it's a lot of commitment. If you can go and try that with a group of people online, especially ones that know what they're doing, that purchase might be an easy one, you know, and just throw money at it. But if you can't, you might never play it. Yeah, and that would be a travesty, because there's not enough hours in the day to play every game in the world. Yeah, exactly. So guys, the question is, do any of you use Tabletop Simulator or any of the other versions? Is there one that you prefer? Have we completely missed something? We would love to hear your opinions on all the different forms of digital gaming. You can hit us up on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for the podcast, Recorded Gaming Community, or you can email us at recordedgamingcommunity at gmail.com. And with that, I think we'll download ourselves to our own news shed and see what Paul has to say today. Over to the master coder, Paul. Welcome back, my meeples, to the shed. Well, I say shed, after feedback from my faithful listeners concerned about my treatment and a surprise visit from social services, Jason and Ian have been in and been forced to make some modifications to the shed. Namely, they put up a partition wall slap bang in the middle, making it into two rooms, and therefore now classing it as a timber lodge. Go figure! Now I sleep with one half in one room and the other half in the other room. I know, loopholes! Them crafty buggers, ain't they? Oh yeah, thanks for asking me, guys. I'm fine. I've had a great week. Cheers! I even managed to play some fort and cartographers this week. Not that I was asked. Even had my He-Man and Battlecat minis turn up too. It's nice to be involved, isn't it? Although, I can't say much about my experience with Tabletop Simulator or Tabletopia, to be exact. Only my gameplay of the recent Kickstarter game Pugsy Mugs from our friends Stop, Drop and Roll down in Brighton. I'm sure given all the time I'm left in here to ponder life, the universe, my escape and everything else, I could come to terms with the controls a little better and give it a second chance. Anyway, there's me blabbing on. You're here for some news, aren't you? Well, here goes it then. Well, a little late to hit the news recording for last week, Tuesday 20th of September saw the final reveal of what looks like a faithful remake of the original board game HeroQuest after a prolonged countdown timer. Yep, HeroQuest is back. It's been over 30 years since what to many of us may have been our first proper delve into tabletop dungeon crawlers when it was first released. The new HeroQuest is a mostly faithful remake of the 1989 board game, being crowdfunded via Hasbro's own answer to Kickstarter, HasLab. The campaign has sailed past its $1 million target, with still way over a month left in the campaign. The original HeroQuest has largely remained hard to find and costly to acquire for decades due to lack of reprints. However, this new release in most parts recreates the original, albeit with a few changes thrown in. Firstly, is the replacement of a female elf rogue character within the original party. But that's not to say the ladies aren't well represented, as included with the campaign release are alternate gender sculpts for all the main characters, as well as female orcs and goblins for you to tussle with. 
Fans of the cardboard furniture can either curse or praise the inclusion of 3D sculpts of all the furniture and doors within the re-release. The iconic Les Edwards artwork from a distance remains intact but on a closer inspection it updates the images with the changes made in the game for re-release, as is all the artwork of the game's cards, rules and its quest book. Other changes move the new game's lore and visuals away from the Warhammer universe, something that original's sequel Advanced Hero Quest was aiming towards. The upcoming reboot is solely published by Hasbro's own label, Avalon Hill. HeroQuest's crowdfunding campaign is offering the core board game, including 76 miniatures, for $99.99 as part of its heroic base tier. A further option, and apparently the only tier with access to any of the stretch goals, is its Mythic tier at $149.99. This tier includes faithful remakes of both Return of the Witchlord and Keller's Keep expansions, and sends the miniatures count way over 100, with stretch goals set to increase that further. Have I bigged it up enough? Have I got you itching for me to shut the hell up so you can go and back it? Or have I lost you already and you're back to say you've missed out the most crucial aspect of this? You're still here? Or you're back? The bad news is that the campaign, at least, is region locked. Yep, those of us outside of the USA and Canada look like we'll have to wait for a retail release before we get our hands on it. Okay, there are some loopholes to get round that. Friends overseas we could ship them to, freight forwarders and probably a couple others, but suffice to say, many of us will have to wipe the drool from our chins and just wait patiently. Critically acclaimed PlayStation exclusive, The Last of Us is the latest video game title to make its way to a table near you. The upcoming board game was announced during The Last of Us Day, an event held by developer Naughty Dog, celebrating the franchise by revealing various products and projects related to both The Last of Us and its sequel, The Last of Us 2. In the video game series, first launched in 2013, players controlled Joel and Ellie, voiced by Troy Baker and Ashley Johnson from the D&D series Critical Role as you try to survive and traverse the post-apocalyptic landscape that has since been overrun by a form of fungus that takes over people's brains and transforms them into zombie-like creatures. The game is being produced by board game powerhouse Simon, who is working alongside Sony and Naughty Dog to create The Last of Us, the board game. The publisher has previously released tabletop titles based on two of Sony's other video game franchises in the form of God of War and Bloodborne card games with the latter designed by Eric Lang, co-creator of horror game Cthulhu, Death May Die, and designer of Blood Rage. In an announcement post from Simon, the publisher outlines the board game as drawing on a narrative, exploration, and survival elements from the video game series, highlighting moments including the heart-stopping suspense of suddenly hearing an unseen clicker behind you, and the heartbreak of being double-crossed and seeing all your plans fall apart. Although both The Last of Us and The Last of Us Part 2 are mentioned in the post, no specific details as to how either title will be incorporated into the board game have been confirmed, with Simon simply saying the tabletop title will be the first ever board game set in the world of The Last of Us. The Last of Us board game has yet to receive a confirmed release date or retail price. Wait, wait, before you go getting rid of that Clank Legacy purchase, listen up. Direwolf and Renegade Studios' latest addition to the Clank universe, Adventuring Party, not only gives you six new characters to play Clank with, but it's also compatible with your completed Clank Legacy board once you've completed your campaign. That's right, no more ditching of that game you spent all that time and money on. Grab hold of this expansion and head straight back in. Adventuring Party expands the game to six players, all with new asymmetrical starting decks and thieving identities. Will you choose the Dwarf Agnet, the Elf Darlan, the Orc Garingnar, or the Mage Lenara? But that's not to forget the Monkeybot Prime, or in fact the Devious Cat Whiskers. But beware, the Ravenous Hydra Hexavoltus won't give you up his treasures that easily. So with it pushing the player count to 6, playtime coming in between 1 and 2 hours, and just an RRP of £20, it's actually released today. I know my merciful overlords love our now extinct dinosaur population, hence why I've picked Lost in Jurassica as our first Kickstarter this week. 
Lost in Jurassica is a survival card game with fighting, crafting and scavenging. You play as visiting guests to Jurassica, an amazing island dinosaur resort. I can see a running theme over the past few weeks. Unfortunately, the dinosaurs have escaped, leaving you and your friends to fight for survival. Doesn't anybody learn? Be the first player to win by finding power switches and restoring power to the park, all while scavenging for supplies and fighting off dangerous dinosaurs with improvised weapons. Picking cards from three different decks, explore, scavenge and craft, you'll need to find three switch cards, but only after dealing with those rampaging dinos. There are also helpful cards scattered throughout each deck that are free to use once found. And that's for one to six players, taking 20 to 30 minutes to play, is on Kickstarter today, the 1st of October. Cartographer's Heroes is the sequel to the critically acclaimed map-drawing game Cartographer's, which I actually played this week, and is, in turn, part of the larger role-player universe of games. It includes all new map sheets, scoring cards, explore cards, and ambush cards with unique abilities. The expedition to the Western Lands is the kind of honour that comes once in a lifetime for a royal cartographer. But these are dangerous times. War ravages the land and you are sure to encounter draggle forces determined to thwart Queen Gimnax's plans for Western expansion. Fortunately, brave heroes have risen to the defence of Nalos. Chart their deeds alongside the Queen's edicts and secure your place in history. Cartographer's Heroes can be played on its own or mixed with components from the original game for a greater variety of gameplay possibilities. For 1 to 100 players, suppose more if you print out a few more sheets, or do what I do, blow them up to A4, laminate them and grab a few dry erase markers. The game should take around 30 to 45 minutes to play and is out on the 6th of October. Mentioned a few weeks back, Frostpunk the board game did get pushed back slightly and is now due to hit Kickstarter on the 8th of October. Based on another best-selling video game by 11-Bit Studios, the creators of This War Is Mine, the original digital edition of Frostpunk is a highly successful strategy survival city builder, a BAFTA nominee that originally launched in 2018. Up to four players will take on the roles of leaders in a small colony of survivors in a post-apocalyptic world that was hit by a severe ice age. Their duty is to effectively manage both its infrastructure and its citizens. Easy to learn, but brutal in its gameplay, the citizens won't just be speechless pieces on the board. Society members will issue demands and react accordingly to the current mood, so every decision and action bears consequences. Players will decide the fate of their people. How will you treat them? Are they just another resource? Or will you inspire building, fearless exploring, forwarding your technologies? Is your rule going to be a sting of tyranny or an era of law inequality? Frostpunk the board game is on Kickstarter on the 8th of October for four players taking about two to two and a half hours to play. And over to events now. Mentioned last week, our friends at Surrey Board Game Group have had the go-ahead at time of recording for their gaming day on the 4th of October up in Rygate. It takes place between 10.30 and 5.30 at the Subud Hall in Allingham Road in Rygate, with a postcode for your Pratnavs being RH28HX. That's RH28HX. Entrance is £5 per person, inclusive of tea, coffee and biscuits. And with a co-op just two doors away, for any last-minute snacks or lunch, you're well taken care of. As always, check social media prior to Sunday to double-check it all still is a go. Weekly groups still a go are gaming at the comic shop Crawley. This continues weekly on Wednesdays between 6 and 10 at the comic shop. 42 High Street, Crawley, RH10. 1BW at £3 a head with refreshments available on site. Along with the Crawley crew, a Lewis Board Gamers and Trinity Gaming Cafe. Now weekly Thursday evenings between 7.30 and 11.30 at the Trinity Church, Arbinger Place, Lewis, BN72QA. Again, just £3 a head with snacks and drinks available to purchase on site. Plus, one more for your diaries is Mid-Sussex Meeple's next event on the Saturday 17th of October. Yep, it's a Saturday one down here in Burgess Hill. Starting a little earlier, but only by 15 minutes at 9.45. But with the next group, which we usually have to be out for, not returning yet, we have the hall to our normal shutdown time of 6pm. Still £5 ahead, and we'll always have more information on our social platforms and our website, midsussexmeeples.co.uk. Also, I've just been informed that Cypress Hall now has its own NHS QR code. Ooh. 
given to them for use with the NHS Track and Trace app. But no worries if you don't have it, I'll just be taking details as we did last session. Like I mentioned with Surrey's day, we're all living in uncertain times, so always check with the socials for up-to-date go-aheads and information before you attend any events. With that being said, that's all from me in the news, Timber Lodge. Thanks for your time. See you again. Thanks, Paul. That looks like you've nearly cracked our security passwords for the internet. So we're switching that off until next week. Right, we're going to call it there for this week, guys. I am ready to go for a drink. My cup of tea has run out and uh, it's now time for a beer, I think. (laughs) If you have enjoyed what you've listened to this week, guys, please do give us a review, a thumbs up, a share, a subscribe and all that joyful goodness on whatever podcast platform you have listened to this on. If you are watching or you don't know that we have our YouTube channel where we also have this podcast uploaded, please do like, share and subscribe on that as well. And if you could chuck a comment down there, even if it's to call me an idiot, Please do. That would be great. And at the moment, we're still meeting up on the Discord. Can't see that changing anytime soon. We have our Monday meets um, usually from about 7 o'clock. I'm now reliably late for these. Um, thanks, work. Um, but yeah, we still have a good laugh. We still enjoy it. As we've discussed today, we quite often end up on Tabletop Simulator having a good laugh with lots of different games. Um, we often sometimes have party games as well. And it's always a good atmosphere. I do just want to say a massive thank you to our good friend James Parrott, who actually gave us the topic for today. Really good idea. He's given us some fantastic ideas for the future to go in amongst our list of about 30 episode ideas that we already had. So we're now up to about 50 odd. Um, So yeah, look forward to hearing a few more of those in the future. If you do have any subjects that you would like us to discuss, again, chuck us an email. I'm sure we'll uh, we'll get to it eventually. And with this, both me and Jason are excited with one shout out. As we've had a mix today of computer games versus board gaming and how they mix, we're going to completely go um, throw that out the window and go, if you want to join us, we are both going to be playing Squadrons quite a lot over the next few weeks. Comes out tomorrow and we're very excited. We both want to blow each other up in an X-Wing versus a TIE Fighter and it should be a good laugh. It's cross-platform play and if anyone would like to join us, give us a shout on the Discord server and we can sort out a game. Definitely, I cannot wait for that game. I am so excited. Please, 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 EA, don't mess this up. You have one job. (laughs) Thanks very much for joining us, guys. It's been a pleasure. We will see you next week for more tabletop gaming goodness. Game safe, and we'll see you soon. Stay safe and have fun. Bye. Bye. Bye.